Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're a week late on this, but um, we are back to give our spoiler-filled review of the last anime series that we reviewed, which is Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. I'm Wendallion, and uh, we're missing Roar today, but we've got Bal and Mickey with us. Morning, guys. Morning. Um, Morning. So, as we said um, last episode, uh, this was one of Bal's favorite anime, and um, we decided to go ahead and watch the, uh, actually, I decided to go ahead and watch the rest of it. Uh, I think you guys already had, hadn't you? Before, um, even after, before we did the last one. So, yeah, I hadn't seen it all. So, um, it was, uh, it was just me that needed to, to finish it out. So, uh, but, uh, I believe Miku has reviewed it the most recently. So, um, how do you want, how do you want to go about this? You, uh, go by story arc? You want to go by episode? Uh, I think story arc's best because breaking down the individual episodes is probably a little bit too granular. Okay, sure. Um, so we want to start with the uh, My Sakurajima arc then, the first three episodes that we talked about last week. Uh, did anyone have like a favorite part of that arc that they couldn't, that you couldn't talk about when you needed to keep spoilers away? This <laughs> um, my, uh, my first question. To be fair. I'd... The whole idea, I think, with the first story arc, it was a really good, um, what's the best word of putting it? It was a really good opening arc to bring you into the world and into what was going on with all of the characters. And mm-hmm. so it's one of my favourite, obviously, of all the story arcs. It's, it's the one that introduces you to Maya and to Sakuta. Um, so... I, th- I, th- I I absolutely loved the first arc, if I'm honest with you. I, I think the interesting part of it was like, hey, so we're introducing Mai because she's the main girl, but at the same time you've got, um, what's it, uh, Toga, uh, or uh, Koga, Tomoe Koga is the second girl? Yeah, Tomoe Koga, yeah. That he ends up dealing with, uh, introduces Futaba, who ends up being the, the third girl. Obviously Kaide is involved in it. Yes. I think the oh, and uh, is is um, is Mai's little sister featured on the telly at one point in that arc as well? I think if I remember correctly, uh, is that a spoiler that I didn't notice? Is, um, oh, you said Mai's little sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's actually featured on the telly that Kaidi is watching. Actually, no, I, that's the second arc. She's on the telly during the second arc. So they introduced the character that you didn't even know existed. Yeah, before you much. get to her. That's, that's a really good spoiler. I suppose you only mm-hmm. noticed that watching it back the second, the third, or the fourth time, maybe. Yeah, so. it's just like, oh no, that's the we're going to meet that character later. Is a thing I didn't recognize till at least the second time watching it. it was like, <laughs> I've watched it four times from beginning to end. Um. <laughs> And I haven't noticed that once. <laughs> yeah, there was like an interview with her idol group at one point on the telly that Kaide's watching. Oh, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. 
Makes me like the anime even more now. <laughs> I I enjoyed the uh, just like Bao said. I the the first three episodes did I think what they were supposed to do. They got um, the viewers' feet underneath them about adolescence syndrome, and um, I also thought that um, Sakuda's um, answer to this as uh, my was fading away from more and more people. Uh, going out into the schoolyard and uh, just repeatedly <laughs> professing his love at the top of his lungs to make people to just jar them into uh, the realization, and also the fact that you know he obviously believed um, that well, that, yeah, that worked was, was uh, interesting. It was the idea that basically she's taken the time to retire from acting. So everyone else is like, well, she's retired from acting to like, come and live a normal life. We shouldn't pay attention to her as if she's something special, which eventually leads to her disappearing because everyone has taken the hint that they're not meant to treat her like she's Any there. differently. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a very clever idea. I mean, whoever came up with the, the idea of the story was, it was a, it was a particularly clever idea. And I thought it, with the whole shouting at the top of his lungs that he loved her, I thought that was a really nice way to it, to it's, to bring her back, if that makes yeah, sense. It's give give everyone a thing they can't ignore. Yeah, and I, so I thought that was a really nice thing. I mean, there is one, there is an area where I do wonder why, as with all animes, he, he kind of fell in love with her very quickly, <laughs> which. Um, well, he's only got 13 episodes to do it. I think weirdly that starts off as the protective thing of like he's seen someone go through something like this already and then when it's he's the only person she can rely on it ends up engendering this stronger feeling in him. Also probably helps that she's a famous actress and therefore, you know, and and to be honest, I, I'm pretty sure that if I met a girl who only I could see who was dressed as a bunny girl, um, the first time I met her, that probably would help towards <laughs> towards any feelings of love that you might <laughs> that might grow. It's it's for all that you say that they fell in love really fast. The actual interactions between them are just great and very uh, not entirely natural, but natural to the characters they've written. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I understand what you mean there. So, so yeah. Um, again, the the one area where I um where I didn't really like and during the first story out, bearing in mind watching them in order, was um his little sister's relationship with him because it felt overtly close in a I suppose in a sexual way. But I suppose that makes sense when you get to the last story arc. But when I watched it yeah. the first time round, I don't know if you felt like this wind when you saw it the first time. It it felt like it was just there for the sake of being there, and it wasn't until you got to the sixth story arc that you understood why. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that they were a little, I won't say, um, I, I'll just say a little unnaturally close in the first story arc before I uh, before I saw the rest of it. <laughs> It's yeah. again one of so, those things where you go, this this is just 
it it almost made it feel like a normal sleazy like not a normal sleazy anime most animes aren't sleazy but it made it feel a little bit sleazy until you got to Kade's story arc which at that point uh, all of a sudden you went wow this makes complete sense all of a sudden so the first time i watched that section i thought it was a brilliant uh, subversion of the common anime like harem show trope of like the brother and sister kind of be like that they just end like she ends up as part of the harem and all those things but the fact that in the show at the beginning he's specifically like no you are my sister no go away do not act (laughs) like this stop it (laughs) yeah that actually makes a lot of sense which um it was a very funny play on it, so to speak. Well, and I mean, Maya and Sakura were in bed together by episode two or three, right? Yeah. Uh, was it episode three that that happened? I or think was so. It late episode two. I can't exactly remember. Yeah, I, 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 honestly, uh, it's fuzzy for me too. But I, yeah, it was it was a first story arc for sure. But yeah, the <laughs> fact that the fact that his the solution he he comes to is effectively just to take as many caffeine pills as possible to stay awake for as long as possible, <laughs> and then it end, it ends up being her choice to make him forget, let him forget her, is quite a a brutal like thing in the final episode of that. It's just like she can't take seeing him suffer to for her sake almost at that point. Yeah, and to be honest with you, again, I thought they they played teenagers really well. It it did feel like you were watching teenagers that didn't really have a clue as to what they were doing, and they were just muddling their way through it, which was which was quite a nice change because usually when you watch these kind of shows, they just know how to fix things randomly. Okay. Yeah, that was actually the first part where I where I thought that they had a decent relationship was when she was you know, willing to go through that. And although, you know, drugging him may not have been the best way to go, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, no relationship's I, I think, perfect. I think, I think the issue at that point is that she knows that he won't willingly do it. No matter what she says, but yeah, I, I get your point that drugging someone's probably not the best recourse. Like, <laughs> It's like uh, almost re- reverse date rape without the rape. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's uh, completely the opposite. I want to drug you so you forget me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that everything we have to say about the first section? Can we can we move on to? Yeah. The, yeah. That's a let's pretty... let's simulate the future section. Okay. Now. So the second section, if I'm not mistaken, was was that Tomo? It was, wasn't it? Tomo that Koga. was uh, Tomoe Koga, yeah. Yes, so that was um, where a second girl fell in love with with Sakura. Well, yeah, I mean, like uh, she was. Um, it it started kind of where she just didn't want to be seen as weird, right? She uh, just wanted to kind of fake date. Yeah, uh, I I felt like the feelings were already there. If that makes sense for her, I I don't think so. I think the entire point is of that arc is so. If you think about how much time they spent pretending, because they spend like basically a full term 
with him being her pretend boyfriend so that she doesn't have to tell the guy that her best friend likes that she doesn't like him because that would ruin her reputation at school for some reason. It's teenagers <laughs> at school. Who knows what will ruin your reputation? Eh. Uh, and basically, like, he spends so long basically standing up for her and fixing all of her problems. And she sees him, keeps seeing him in a different light than the way the whole thing starts until eventually she just doesn't want to let go of the their fake relationship. No, and again, I thought it was masterfully played. It was really beautifully played, actually, because obviously... You had my and my did show a little bit of jealousy, which I thought was um, which I, which is exactly how you would feel in that instance. Um, even though she allowed him to go along with it, which I thought was was again a really nice thing. But it, in a weird way, it brought my and Sakuta closer together again, which um, which is I, the opposite of how it would have worked for me. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that it's like uh, the first couple times through the reset, he's like, "How do I perfect this conversation with my like? How do I how do I get her to say that she loves me? How do I get, do this?" And then he's like really annoyed because the one that the time continues on, it got messed up so that he didn't get the chance to have that conversation, which was yeah. quite funny. And there was the, I would say, the nearly breakup as well, which was quite on one of the timelines where where she she bumped into it. She saw him under the table with um with Tamo, and that didn't go down too well for him either. When he had to try and explain his way out of it, I would have given this I anime mean, a lot more credit if that would have been the timeline that extended. But uh, <laughs> it was just like uh, this. This just reminded me a little too much of Groundhog Day. Uh, I mean, yeah, I do great. love Groundhog Day. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I, I love Bill Murray, but <laughs> that's, um, but uh, yeah, th- that's kind of what this reminded me of. You know, he was trying to get the the perfect uh, the perfect run through. Yeah, a, a little bit like Live Die Repeat as well. Um, sure. Which, um, and and to be fair, this is why this was probably my favourite arc of the lot. It, I, I kind of like the whole do it a thousand times and eventually something's going to change. I think this is my third favourite arc. So I think I think it's I think it's behind the first arc for certain, and then a later arc we will talk about. Yeah, I definitely so, like the first arc the best. Uh, of all of them, I think that the first was my favorite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't actually think there's that much really to discuss about this arc beyond what we've said, sort of thing. Like, well, I mean, I, to be fair, I like, they tried. Sorry, they tried to use a science term for pretty much every single different arc. Um, uh huh. And you obviously you had things like trading as Cat mentioned. I think that was in the first story arc if i'm not mistaken uh, this was laplace's demon yeah and um and again i like the idea of just because it is a kind of a running theme throughout throughout the mini arcs is that they are focusing on one scientific theory which and again the characters don't really understand it but they do try to explain it in a weird sort of way around adolescent syndrome which is quite 
again, quite a nice way of changing things up a little bit, I suppose. But again, the thing that they're trying to do is explain it by like, it's the concern of determinism. Whereas what it seems to be more is the actual fear of being ostracized sort of showing itself out in this this unwillingness to commit to an action is I think what's actually happening if you watch it. Like yeah, no, it's I not that it's agree. not that she's trying it over and over again. It's that she's unwilling to commit to anything, which is why at the end when the when everything when the whole problem stops, instead of it continuing from where she made the decision, we rewind all the way back to the initial decision to be like, no no, you have to actually do something. You can't just dither about this forever. Yeah, and to be honest with you, because again, she didn't want to let go, whereas Sakuta just wanted to get it to a... Sakuta effectively just wanted to get back to Mai. Yes, Sakuta has something to do, with to do, and he needs to get back there. Yeah, uh, and I mean, his his loyalty was quite unwavering, considering, I mean, he actually fought for Tomo and got involved in a fight and so on, but even then, his loyalty was completely to Mai. So his feelings at no point actually changed. He, he, just, just, grew, he, he just gained a friend. It's, he seems like, he keeps being called a rascal, but he's actually one of these people that's super willing to like stand up for anyone who he thinks is being mistreated. Yeah, and I thought that was again really nice. He's one of my favourite anime characters, I have to say. As a whole. Mm-hmm. You got anything to add, Wind? No, that's, um, I mean, I I probably hadn't put as uh, quite a fine a point on it as Miku did. Um, I was, um, I guess, maybe stuck in a different mind frame when I watched it. That, uh, But, you know, what he said makes sense. You, you've got to make a choice um, or nothing's going to move forward. You know, not making a choice is a choice. So it's, uh, you're, you're, or, or as uh, what um, Boomy called it, an avatar neutral jing. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> it's um, yeah. There, uh, I guess I hadn't looked at it in that light. That's uh, that's a neat perspective. Uh, okay, so the next arc involved his friend Futaba and her splitting into two versions of herself. Yes. I believe it was what was it? It was like quantum teleportation or something they were using as the, mm, that's the explanation what for this one. Yeah, that was the explanation for this one. Whereas again, so, uh, I think the sort of metaphysical explanation for this one is is that uh, she was putting forward two versions of herself to different groups of people, and effect- yeah. effectively had that split her into. Uh, some people see her this way, other people see her this way. Both of these are her, but both of these are completely separate beings because of who perceives them. Yeah, now this was my least favourite story, arc, if I'm honest. I will um, agree. Um, it, it wasn't really anything wrong with it, so to speak, but it just didn't flow quite as nicely as the previous two storylines and definitely not as well as the last storylines either um and i'm not entirely sure why this is also where we were introduced to shoko right yes 
Yes. The the, um, the little girl version of the girl he had a crush on who brought him out of his depression. Yes. And um I don't know. Again it was really clever the way he again they had Sakuta chasing after what he thought was one version of Futaba, because of obviously he realized that there were two of her. Um to try and keep them separate, which again is something that you that science fiction talks about quite a lot is not meeting your alternative alternative selves and effectively as teenagers they tried to do that which was tried to avoid them banging into each other um i it was i like this scene in the when they first noticed the second or depending on how you look at it the first futaba or the second futaba in the manga cafe or the internet cafe and do the like Give me your phone, like phone Futaba. Oh, I'm talking to a Futaba, but there's another Futaba there. Well, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> sort, of, <laughs> sort of like, huh? I love how Sakuta never seems to break stride. He's just like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> well, I guess after <laughs> after what he'd already gone through. Yeah. Um, um, was and was this also the the story arc that um, had um, that uh, Mai's agency like didn't want her being seen in public with uh, Sakura was that was that not also in this story arc? I I think that was also started in this story arc where it was the we don't want to you're, you're not meant to be seen together because she's not meant to be dating anybody right because she's an idol and it'll mess up her image and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously so for that reason they were trying to avoid being seen in public together. If I remember also, though, that went through two did it go through three different story arcs? Uh, it did, didn't it? It, it went Yes, it would well, no, it went through Yes, it went into the third story arc as well, actually. That's a good point. Yeah, because most of the story arcs are very much open and shut, so you complete it. And then what happens by the end of that is what is the permanent for moving forward. So at the end of the first story arc, Mai is Sakuta's girlfriend. And that continues all the way through. And she's back in acting. And that doesn't really change. But with this one, it doesn't really fit into any of the arcs. But it starts and it kind of entwines through all three of them. Yeah, the the relationship arc of like Mai going back and them dealing with now being a couple is actually just an extended sort of meta arc over the top of each of the smaller arcs. And it made sense as well that she wasn't going to be there during this, because obviously, again, you had Futaba staying, um, or a version of Futaba staying with um, Kaidi and Sakuta. But she did stay with them. No, she didn't, did she? She did. She going to no, Mai uh, slept with uh, slept in the house in their house while Fatabi yep. was there. That was it. I remember now. Which yeah. gave you the interaction where she came to see Sak- uh, Sakata while he was sleeping. And yeah, that was, was a like really their, nice their discussion. Yeah, yeah, that was quite a I, nice moment. That one. What did you think of the way that that was event the the Futaba stuff was eventually um, sorted? But like I said, this was probably my least favourite story arc. And obviously, Fataba had her own crush, so to speak. Um, I can't remember the, her crush's name. 
It was a sports guy, wasn't it? What was that? I don't remember either. Kunimi, Yuma Kunimi. And so, again, a relationship effectively saves or brings her back to to a hole in a weird sort of way, which, um, I don't know, for me, Fataba kind of didn't get as much attention as maybe she deserved. I I kind of disagree with a little bit of that interpretation. Uh, more because I think what brought her together was because she keeps both sides of her keep talking about the fact that one of them has to die and they can never reconcile and it's the idea that she's being left behind by the people she cares about which includes Kunami, includes uh, Sagata like the fact yeah. that the other version of her is making memories and she wants those memories as well and so it's the the willingness to eventually come together and talk to herself and reconcile the two parts of her. That yeah, is I hadn't what thought of it that way, to be fair. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way. I've... Again, I think you're spot on, actually, now that I think about it, and it all clicks together in my brain. It's um... the whole thesis-antithesis uh, synthesis prop thing from debate. Yeah, I'd... no, you're absolutely spot on. It actually, I'm going to have to rewatch it just to see if it makes me appreciate the arc a little bit more. So run because through number me... four. <laughs> We're <laughs> it's um, I'll tell you what I think I liked most humanizing wise about uh, this. I think it was towards the end of this arc, but uh, wasn't it uh, when? Um, Mai was in the uh, studio with her younger sister, and there was a lot of um, kind of jealousy going on there. And um, where uh, you know she I think was that's Nick Clark. What, was it? Oh, was it? Okay, I'll I'll that, wait for that, that. I think that's yeah. I think that's the entire point of the next arc. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, the start of it. Effectively, which if Wendalian is on the next arc, we should shift on to the next arc. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, Which... yeah, I agree. The last thing I would say is that I, before we do move on to the next arc, is that actually Fataba tried throughout the whole thing. It always seemed to me like Fataba was trying to be the most level-headed. But actually, I think felt like she was the most emotional when mm-hmm. when what was happening to her happened to her. She was the most up and down in her emotions because of it. Whereas normally, when it was other people, she tried to be the voice of reason. So it was a nice change to see that something could affect her. Mm-hmm. I agree. The next arc <coughs> involved uh, Nodoka Toyohama, who is uh, Mai's half-sister and member of an idol group. Um, she ends up swapping bodies with Mai, or is perceived to have swapped bodies with Mai because of jealousy, as far as, I, as, far as we can tell, really. Yeah, that's like, kind of what I got out of it, anyway. Yeah, the, it was very much a case of the younger sister was felt undermined by all of the success that Maya had had. Yeah. Like she was living in her shadow and, um, what never kind of measured up. And that's, uh, things like this really, uh, humanize anime to me when, when it's done well like this. Um, it's because these are, I mean, um, 
you know, I, I grew up in a household with two other siblings and, you know, I, I've got two kids of my own and there, there is, uh, some feelings like this. You don't quite measure up, you know, you're not, uh, you know, and that higher expectations are being put on you because of your older sibling, that kind of thing. So, um, I actually liked that, that aspect of this story arc. It also gave my another layer to, to her personality as well, this arc, because you could see that she wasn't trying to undermine her sister at all. Um, and there were elements of her sister that she was jealous of, but wasn't, she didn't let it swallow her in anywhere near the same way as Nakoda did. On a, is it Nakoda or Nadoka? Nadoka, I believe. Nadoka. Um, yeah, Nadoka. So, um, and yeah, I, again, this was a really, really good, first time watching it, I was a little bit confused for it. Like the first time you see and they and she swapped bodies, I was like, "What the hell has happened here?" Um, and I was trying to follow it, but watching it on the second and third, on the second and third times, it really grew on me as a storyline, and I really started to understand it a lot more. I just want to pick up on some of the comedy that was in this section. I loved the part where it's like Sakata teasing Nadoka while she's by at the beach. The whole like he's like just watching her and she's like stop staring at big sister's body or whatever and he's like i want them to sandwich me and it's like what the <laughs> fuck are you what are you saying what are you, what are you saying and she's like what and he's like yeah, yeah preferably the face <laughs> what <laughs> and it's just all, all the things he just randomly says just to get a reaction out of people to make to bring them out of their depression effectively now you can understand why watching this for the first time round made no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> I was literally watching that the first time round, going, "What on earth is he talking about?" Yeah, he's he's just like saying things to get a rise out of people because it stops them thinking about their situation for a minute, almost. Yeah, I, I, it made me really smart. I mean, the beach scenes—they they felt like in terms of how they how they looked the actual beach scenes were a bit underdeveloped compared to everything else it's the one area where i felt like the graphics of the show dropped a little bit and the i, I don't know the backgrounds weren't as pretty as the rest of the as the rest of the series i don't know if that was me but um, it is it is one of the areas that showed sort of the limitations of the budget almost yeah that's how it felt to me but it didn't take away the fact again the fact the the interactions I noticed it first time but second and third times once I really understood the story I didn't really notice the background anymore which I suppose is a really good sign of the character development that was going on throughout it all the other one I liked was the the show of like uh, how much of a, a slob Nudoka is compared to my <laughs> yeah just like Visit the house when it's my still living there. Everything is completely immaculate. Yeah. Visit the house once uh, Nadoka's been my for like a couple weeks. I just, it's demolished. Nothing, yes. no space is usable. <laughs> you live in a tip, and that, that's the way it's going to stay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really love this because it really did show the two different personalities. And it kind of fit into real life as well because you do often quite like 
my being the older sibling, she was a bit more responsible, um, a little bit more level-headed, whereas Nadoka seemed to um, seemed to be a little bit more hyperactive, so to speak, which um, I, I loved. I thought it was brilliant. So, I want to talk about the ending of this section. The point where you realise that the actual issue between the two has not been an inferiority complex over work, but has both of them effectively not being able to feel that they're really sisters. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And um... it's the little sister doesn't feel like she's good enough to be the older sister's like doesn't feel like she's good enough to be my sister and my not knowing if because of the hardship she's caused Nadoka through her mother would Nadoka still want her as her proper sister almost yeah it was quite a beautiful thing it's 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 definitely one of the better storylines this one I don't know if you what you think wind um I thought that like I said, I, I liked some of the, the elements of this one. Um, I thought that, uh, that it was, um, um, like I said before, just kind of humanized the whole thing. And, um, you know, even though there was, there was still this element at work that it was much more, uh, much more grounded in, uh, real life than, uh, some of the others were. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Being the older brother, this kind of felt like like this was quite true to life in many ways. Um, and it, you, you, I think you see parallels. You probably see it between your daughter's wind. I saw it between me and my brother, um, and my sister to a certain extent as well. So it it kind of worked in so many different layers and so many different levels. Um, that I really enjoyed it. What about you, Nicky? Uh yeah, no, my me and my little brother have a have had a bit of a bit bits of disappointments, I suppose. But you know I think it's natural break that isn't up it? by injuring me, so <laughs> <laughs> I I've always thought it's a little bit natural because of like for most things you always want to compare yourself to something and it's quite easy to compare yourself to family because obviously you're with them all of the time and and you see aspects that that your brother does better than you and you go, oh, I wish I was good at that. But then you don't realise the bits you're good at that he would probably wish that he was better at and so on. Yeah, and... it's probably easier with me and my brother because I'm very, like, we're good at very different things and we have very different personalities and what we care about. But in this case where it's like, Mai is a, is an actress, and her little sister wants to be do the thing that she does, basically. <laughs> Which leads the to the is, direct, the direct comparison. The thing is, she she wasn't actually that unsuccessful. She had parts; they weren't as big, and so on. But so it wasn't like that. It wasn't that she had to change. Yeah, but she, she couldn't do the things that. Um, that Mai could do just naturally, you know, d- didn't even hardly think about it, and it was all stressful for her. Well, yeah. I think I think the point that was being made at one in the thing was that all the stuff that she thought came naturally to Mai, Mai, Mai worked actually on. works really hard at. 
Yeah, right, just, but but she had she had elevated herself to a level that um, you know after you've done the work, then it becomes more natural for you. It's uh, yeah. it, it's not that it was effortless to get there, or even that there's no effort involved doing it. It's just that mm-hmm. now, just she like if you're working effortless. out. You, you can't lift, you know, you can't bench press 250 the first time that you lay down on the bench, but eventually, you know, <laughs> you should, you can get there. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the, my put in the work to get where she is, and therefore still putting in work to get better. But the bit that's the difference between, uh, Kudo- yeah, why can I not say names at the moment? Uh, Nadoka and my, the difference between them. Nadoka perceives it as, wow, she's just more talented than I am, not like she's older and has put in all this work before I got here, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, again, I think that's a brilliant story arc, to be fair. Should we move on to the next story arc? Sure. Do you want to do the synopsis? No, I'll let you. You've, you've done so well so far. <laughs> okay. So, this is the Kaide arc where we find out through some stuff that seems to be going wrong that Kaide that we know now is not original Kaide in terms of personality because she has a dissociative personality disorder that means that she's a completely different person now than she was when she got bullied yeah effectively she has no memories does she so she's she all of her memories are from after her accident basically yeah, and... And I love the way that, especially because obviously, again, going back to the very first episodes, and she's extremely close to Sakura, and um, and at the point it doesn't make sense. But when you do get to her story arc, and you start to see, and one of my favourite moments of the entire series is when she doesn't remember who Sakura is at the very beginning, and so she's basically talking to this complete stranger who says that he's a brother, but she has no recollection of that. Let's be honest, in context, she probably doesn't really know what that even means. Means, yeah, at that point. And I, again, I thought this was a really beautiful story. I, I, and actually, it was ground down in not particularly nice things because of Kadi had been bullied, her mum couldn't cope, so her dad moved away. Which... Uh, they got moved out of the house because the mum was having a mental breakdown because of what was happening with Kaide's breakdown. Yeah, which which also explains why Sakuda and Kaide are living together uh, on their own. Um, and it was it was an incredibly well done. Where you, at the start I just thought, oh, it's another harem where the sister likes likes the brother, but then actually you get to this story arc, and all of a sudden you go. My God, she doesn't even really fully understand that he's her brother, and she has no memory of their childhood because she just remembers coming out of the hospital and him being there for her. Also, the reason it gives you reason why he's maybe a little bit more um, distant, forgiving of anything she does, because yes. he's like, like I've got to make sure that she's okay now to make yeah. up for. Bad reactions at the beginning. <coughs> what did you think, Wind? And and I think that also uh, plays to what happened, you know, early on when he's, you know, I think that he's at that point, you know, he's trying to set hard boundaries for her. 
So it's yeah. Uh, yeah, and the other thing it does really well because obviously this a lot of this happened before we met them in the very first episodes because obviously there's a few flashbacks in this instance um, and so on. But it also make, helps you understand why Sakuda um, doesn't get phased by any of the other stuff that's happened because he's already been through so much with his mum's me- mental breakdown and his sister being bullied and losing all of her memories and him having to take care of her and build her up effectively. He's trying to build her up as as a person, but he's trying to help her get back to who she was, but she doesn't remember that, so she becomes a completely different a completely different version of herself. Yeah, he's trying to help her build up to who she is now rather than effectively like if you his initial conversation with Shoko in the flashback and then what he does, it's almost like he has to forget that his his previous sister existed and accept Kaide for who Kaide is. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to live through that in real life because that would be incredibly difficult. So do you guys think that this was supposed to parallel or, or be a uh, more awareness of um, mental illness in society? I think basically the entire show is a, everybody is a sort of particular, here is a thing you could go through, but personified out into the world. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. Considering all of the things that they've been through, they do manage to keep, because this anime could have been quite a dark and quite a twisted anime based on all of the settings that that they actually go through. Um, like, for example, Kaede being bullied, mum's mental breakdown, um, a girl who Man. feels as though she's lost, that, like nobody can see her anymore. They're all quite clinical signs, could be clinical signs of depression. Um, oh, yeah, and you've got, go back to Futaba, who may have like a split personality almost because of the way she acts. Yep. Yeah, and yet they manage to keep it... You fully understand what's going on, Apart from Futaba, where it took me two or three attempts, um, so it wasn't that it, under- it wasn't that I didn't see stuff like this in the earlier arcs. I think the reason that this arc brought it more home to me is um, wasn't this also where um, uh, Kaide started setting like little micro goals for herself, like somebody who's on their twelve step program yep. or whatever, and, yep. and that like- and that really just slapped me in the face with it. T- yeah, she's like, you- here's how I get outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Heidi, Heidi reminds me, I don't, have you played Persona 5 at all, either of you? Yes. Nope. She doesn't Heidi, remind you about Futaba, right? It, she's a carbon copy of Futaba. So just for yourself, Win. so Futaba in the game, Futaba's mum dies in Persona 5. And um, when she gets killed, actually. And Fatabas goes through this thing of blaming herself to the point where she becomes a complete recluse um, and won't leave the house. And and her stepdad effectively can't seem to fix it. And that's... It's almost a carbon copy, isn't it? It's so... Uh, it, it's so very similar, similar theming of like, here is... It's a little bit more bombastic in Persona 5 rather than being like relatively down-to-earth in this show. Of course, but, yeah, because they're very different kind of things. But um, but, 
but yeah, for Taba setting, uh, sorry, yeah, you got me set mixed up now. Kaide being like, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. I like the part where she's like, okay, so I put on clothes, take a break. I step towards the front door, take a break. We open the door, take a break. And it's like, why are there so many breaks? Well, you've got to take small breaks in between large steps, and it's like, everyone else is like, basically nothing's happened, but when she's been stuck in the house in a panda outfit for a year almost at this point, if you're believing the, the di- time difference from flashbacks to now, yeah, these that's are probably the kind of amazing steps. Yeah, yeah, and and it wasn't even just that, it was the whole the emotions behind it, like she she got out the front door and she broke down in tears and was completely emotional and a complete wreck because of it. But it didn't stop her from wanting to progress further. I do that every morning before work. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could go the, out. I'm the opposite. I have to work from home. <laughs> the the point I broke down in tears myself watching it is the point where she's at the at the crosswalk for like the third or fourth time, and he's like, "We can just go home. Don't worry about it. We'll take our time." And she's like, "No, I'm gonna do it. I don't care." going to get across this crosswalk sort of thing and just like you start to see her getting ill from the anxiety of like needing to do it and I'm just like this is just so sad yeah, poor, poor hard, thing. yeah hard to watch yeah. um, and this um, was this was the, the same episode where uh, they did the press conference to finally kind of come out with um my relationship was, with Sakuda. I think it might have been the episode before, but yeah, it basically it was this. This arc was where that came out. Okay, where she yes. she has a press conference because effectively because Nido, uh, her her little sister in her body was photographed with, with Sakata. So Sakata yeah. is now known that he's going out with Mai, and Mai has to like go on stage to justify her relationship to reporters. Yeah, it, again, it was scandal. quite a nice. It was quite a nice way of doing it as well. When I think back to, because again, it kind of intertwines throughout. In that, is that actually that helped? She she didn't realize it at the time, but it helped because it meant that they didn't have to hide a secret anymore. But yeah. it wasn't through her own making; it was through her sister's making. So her sister actually made her life easier, completely unaware that she was doing so. I think it, I like the fact that like when here when later on in this arc once like Kaidi's so when Kaidi's flips back to the other personality and he's distraught and then she turns up and he's been with another girl so she like jealously walks away and when he goes to see her in, at her set the fact that the her manager is now like Oh yeah, I've I've got you some space for your boyfriend. Uh, you've only got uh, half an hour to feel to make each other feel better. I'll see you in half an hour. And she's like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about?" It's like the people who were against her having the relationship because of the way it came across in the press conference are now actually this is a PR win for us. Sort of thing. Yeah, that was. I, I thought that was brilliant. Um... Moving back on to the Kaidi thing, because the, there is, this is the one area where I was I was a little bit heartbroken, actually. I think this was mm-hmm. the story arc where I felt the it was emotionally this would probably be the best of all of the arcs. This but, this is the best arc in my opinion. Yeah, oh, yeah. but okay. for me it it kind of upset me a little bit because if 
you got to know the Kaidi that was struggling, the Kaidi, the new Kaidi. Mm-hmm. And obviously, then all of a sudden, she starts getting all the marks over her body again because of her two sets of memories are fighting each other, effectively. Mm-hmm. And I was really hoping that the resolution to it was that she became the best of both Kaidis. I that think she reverted back to the Kaidi, and I was like, no, I've lost the Kaidi that I absolutely adored. I thought that was interesting because I think the end is implying that, like, her going through the memories of the old of the the Kaidi we had at the beginning of the series, yeah. at the end of the the like final episodes, so you don't get to see what's happening, but you can see that she's processing what her life was like while it was the other Kaide, and you might end up seeing, like, because there, there is this idea that people who do, people who would form those alternate memories because of a break, a mental break, yeah, those memories aren't gone, they will come back the same way that her original version's memories weren't gone, they were just not being accessed at the time and so like you will have to see eventually a fusion of like both sets of memories yeah that's what i wanted to see and that's what they avoided doing i mean they they avoided showing it they gave hints that that might happen but it didn't happen and it just made me feel like when you when you watch and this was probably was this about 15 episodes a lot no it wasn't as many as that 13 right? uh no I'm, yeah 13 episodes yeah so you watch 10 episodes of her being this particular character and you get to love this character. And then and then obviously for, for everyone, including Sakuta, he's, he's got two versions of his sister in his head now. So was um, the reappearance then, of, the, of the scars, <laughs> did you guys take that as kind of tearing open old wounds? Yeah, that, that felt like he was redealing with the trauma that he'd went through that caused them in the first place. The first, basically, he's had this problem of Kaide's memories go away. He can't deal with it. He feels like he's being att- under attack. Those wounds appear. Yeah, the reverse happens. A... Blah 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 blah. He goes this through the same the... emotions again. Yeah, I was going to say this is the first F- series arc where Sakuta is actually suffering himself because in most of the other ones he's helping other people who are suffering. So. First arc, he's helping Mai, who's struggling. Second arc, he's helping Tomo, who's struggling. Third arc, he's helping Pataba, who's struggling. And all of them points, you don't see what his... He's basically there helping everybody else. This is the first time where you see that, actually, this is what's happening to him because of all of this that's gone on around him. Which mm-hmm. was, again... Uh, effectively, this arc isn't just Kaidi's arc, it's his arc as well. Because in yeah. the rest of the arcs, He's the protagonist to everyone else's antagonist, but in this, he's both the protagonist and the antagonist to an to an extent. Uh, I uh, was. Did you guys think that uh, Mai was just strangely absent from this? Uh well, my issue is like Mai is absent from this for a reason. And that reason is to give us space, effectively, for Shoko to turn back and up back into. I think at the beginning, because it's explained away by her being on a shoot and stuff. But that's a plot thing; they could have written that any other way. But I think the reason they've done it is so that they can bring back around Shoko, who saved them the first time, to save him again, 
and then you have Mai coming back, noticing she's been there, and then you have the sort of her like Mai has been shown to be a relatively jealous person, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she doesn't always act up to it, but you can tell. Yeah. And then it's, it's him like she says things through like, clenched jaws, doesn't she? Yeah. Him Almost. being him being like, Oh, I'm really sorry there was another girl here but but nothing happened but don't worry, nothing happened like, repeating over and over again. I think just annoys her more because she's like, I gave up time I had to come and see you to be there for you. You don't need to keep apologizing your route like the the apologies actually made her mad enough to leave. Because if nothing had happened, you you've seen Sakata before. Normal Sakata wouldn't have would have apologized once and then made a joke of it. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah. I, I I think that is actually a departure from real life. I think if that would really happen, I'd still be apologizing. Yeah, I, I get that, but <laughs> the, the way that their the way that their relationship has gone so far is that stuff like this has happened. He has never done anything, and she has grown to trust that almost out of him. But the fact that he was so vociferously apologizing probably makes think, it seem worse. Yeah, I think that May May has actually been quite accepting all the way through. She has been jealous, and she's not just been jealous of girls that are close to Sakai, but she was jealous of her sister and bits and pieces along the way. But oh. this was the first time where she felt like that she was in a competition. If that makes sense. Well, I just yeah, felt if like... Sorry. I, I just felt like this was a missed opportunity. I, I understand what you're saying, you know, giving giving them space. I felt like it was a missed opportunity for her to give back. And yeah, she could I, have been I, there for him. And instead of being away at the shoot and then coming back at the end and saying, oh, sorry, I missed out. And, you know, it's, uh, you know. The other thing that made me feel like during the Kaidi arc with May not really being there, that was a bit thing is that, Kaidi hadn't really accepted anyone else until May, and it took her a bit of time to get to know and feel comfortable with May. And I don't know, it felt like May maybe should have been there through this transition because May actually helped Kaidi at points with buying clothes and that. You could see it in May's reaction to when she learned what had been happening with Kaidi that mattered to her. Yeah, but it's almost like they couldn't let her be there for some reason in terms of the way that it was written. I don't know whether it's like there would have been less trauma for for uh, Sakata if Mai had been there to actually help him through it the entire time, and they're like, we yeah. want to show this range of emotions, so she has that's, to be absent through an artificial means. I suppose that can be quite true to real life because obviously sometimes through best intentions. You want to be somewhere, but you, but you can't be because of life gets in the way. And obviously, life as an actress would mean that you would be away, maybe on shoots. But I mean, a great example for me would be my brother was in Australia when working in Australia for a year when my dad passed away. So, through best intentions, I'm sure my brother would have liked to be in the UK, but obviously life gets in the way. So maybe that was their way of saying, "This isn't perfect." My would we would have wanted my to be there, but in real life, my would my might not be get to be there. So, um, well, so I suppose in that instance, 
it can feel a bit true to life without it being and I get in I, a perfect I, well my is there but in reality she she isn't going to be there all the time and therefore she misses out on bits and I agree mm-hmm. that the mechanism did give them space to do this um I just thought it was uh I, I thought it was a missed opportunity a missed opportunity yeah yeah, I'd I'd have liked to have seen her there more. I agree. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. Because uh, anime can be more more of a perfect life rather than reality, and so on and so forth. So I agree that it would have been nice to have her there because it could have had some nice interactions between Kaidi and May when Kaidi's going through all of this as well with the with the not really knowing what's happening to herself, so on and so forth. So. Well, that's pretty much the end of this arc, isn't it? Yeah, and that I, I tell you what, this was a um, this was a surprise for me as far as um, when I first started watching this. I honestly, my my reaction just to the title was, "This is just going to be dumb as dog shit." And but it was, <laughs> but it was, um, it it surprised me. I I enjoyed watching this, and this is uh, this is why I like doing anime club. Uh, it's a super clickbait title for a very deep show. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and you know, it was you that recommended this, wasn't it, Miku? Uh, yeah. I, I have to say thank you because of this. I think Roar also was Roar also was part of recommending it as well. Actually, he said he had watched the first couple and he quite liked it, didn't he? But, I um, think he'd watched it all at the beginning as well. Uh, had he? But yeah, I, mm-hmm. I have to say because for me, this is right up my alley in terms of everything so i i'm really glad that the anim- that we did the anime club because it has given me i'd never have watched this based solely on the title because mm-hmm. of like window i would have just thought eh, this is probably a bit harem but in reality it's actually one of the deepest animes that i can remember if not the deepest i think it goes into the teenage psyche incredibly well why don't we give you the idea i'm bashing on harem <laughs> i watched a few of those it's, uh, like I'm, I'm not bashing har- harem. I'm not bashing harem, but I wouldn't have chosen to watch this out of the title name to begin with. A good harem show, a, a good harem show can be great. Uh, a bad harem show is oh dumpster fire. Okay, so give me an like example of a bad harem one. Show is a middling is like a dumpster fire, right? Yeah. So <laughs> give me an example of a bad one. Oh, why do you like making me pick things off the top of my head? How about you, Bal? Give me a bad harem show. Uh, no, I'm, I can't. <laughs> I really can't. Oh, uh, that's his point. That is Win's point. He's like, yeah, there's no such thing as. A I'm hat trying hat. to remember Wouldn't the name of the of it now. I think the thing for me is that if you say, for example, you're talking to someone who's never watched anime before, you always you're always careful to try and pick something that's quite safe. And Harem doesn't do that. And what? this title alone would have made me go, I'm not going to recommend this to someone as a first anime to watch. This... But in reality, this would have been a very good first anime to watch for some people. Because if it is deep, I, there's a lot to it. I, I honestly don't think that I would recommend this as a first go. Um, Too I have, deep. I, I, uh, I, a bad Harem, uh, UFO Ultra Maiden Valkyrie is a name. Oh, yikes. I've never even seen that. I don't know. Never even heard about it. I've never even heard of that. That that sounds like the the worst possible combination of words to make a title. Uh, I own the Say first half of that show on DVD. 
UFO Ultraman Valkyrie. So, uh, okay, <laughs> have you guys have you guys seen uh, old older classics like Love Hina and? Uh, I don't like Love Hina. Yeah, so I, that was going to be my example. That I I didn't appreciate that one hardly at all. Um, yeah, but um, other ones like uh, uh, Rosé or Vampire, for instance, I enjoyed that. I mean, I, I, I was always a, a bit of a sucker for Tenchi Muyo as a kid. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, Tenchi, absolutely. Uh, Ryoko, uh, she was one of my favorite what? characters. I've just started watching Rosario Vampire, so um, I'll let you know my thoughts on it soon. <laughs> um, the, the, the manga was... Uh, Moto will be glad to hear me say this. The, the manga was superior to the, um, to the anime. Uh, I believe there that were two seasons. That is almost always true. Yeah. Uh, goes with books and movies too. But um, I, that... I don't really read a lot of manga, if I'm honest. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that you should definitely read, but it's a lot of time if you don't have... It's, it's It takes a lot more time than just watching shows because you, uh, you have to actually actively take part. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for me, I, I use anime as a bit of an escape. Um. I struggle with reading anything to to get the same feeling of escape as I do when I'm watching something. But yet you'll uh, read, you'll read your anime. Yes, I will read my anime. <laughs> I, I, I struggle with reading anything, but I want to read my television. Yeah, I <laughs> can. Can I bring it back to uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl? Yeah, absolutely. For a second here. Yeah. So as I pointed out previously, this is not a harem show. Yes, there it is, is not. Yes. no harm. There is one girl. Who dresses up is... as a bunny girl twice in the entire series. Or is it three times? I, a few times. I, so think... I remember him teach. I remember her dressing up as a bunny girl during when she teaches. I believe him. all she the obviously... times she dresses up as a bunny girl are in the first arc. I think they're all in the first arc. I think you're right. I'd have to actually watch again. But... I can only remember two times that she dressed up as a bunny girl in the when she's teaching him and she rewards him, like like she's helping him to study, and um, when the outfit's in the, the in a package an awful lot though. Yes, he carries <laughs> it an awful lot. I mean, I'm sitting there going, "Put it on more, damn." <laughs> yeah, I think Rora would but... agree with that one. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I did just when we're talking about GXB because obviously we, this is where we all formed up from was Girls X Battle. I literally chose Gambler Bunny Girl outfit for my very very first duty pageant, so this really should be high on my list anyway. So, um, <laughs> so has watching this series made you interested in going to watch the movie? Yes. Um, yes, I. I would say so, yeah. Um, Which I have not watched, and I do not know where it is really available at the moment, but I am interested in It is on Crunchyroll, I believe. Is it on Crunchyroll now? Okay, I'll yes. have to go and... Miku, have you read any of the light novels? I have not, but I have the list of titles here. Which are... What is it? It's like, so they just named it after the first light novel, which is Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. And yeah. does not dream of petite devil kohai. Uh, does not dream of logical witch. That one makes sense. Uh, idol with a sister complex. Ah, okay. 
uh, House Sitting Little Sister. And then the one that the movie is based on is uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of a Dreaming Girl. Hmm. Yeah, and then you've got Rascal Doesn't Dream of Experiencing Her First Love. Girl Experience Her First Love, yeah. then Sister on an Outing, then Girl with a Leather Backpack, and then I, Dream of a Lost I, Singer. I really hope that they make another series of this. I well, really that would be my theory. There's just about enough stuff for them to make a second series. Yeah, it couldn't go any longer than two. Um, that it would be really nice to see another series. But I do need to keep on... I need to see the, the oh, film. I just pulled that I, that list up. It looks like uh, that very last one... Uh, came out does not, uh, Yeah, does not dream of a lost singer came out um, February this year. Yeah, they, they haven't finished writing them. And there was, I, yeah, there was about a year and a half between series. number nine and number ten. So. Uh, yes, but there was also about more than half a year between seven and eight, right? Uh, actually, like, yeah, about a about a year and a half between those, yeah. Now that I'm looking at so it, so you're just like, yeah, so like a year and a half between so, uh, seven and eight. I wonder if this is starting another uh, starting another series of of these coming out. That's, yeah, uh, maybe he got enough popularity and sales off of the because the, the whole point of an anime nowadays is to drive sales to the original work sure. almost so the anime itself very rarely is a money maker but what you're hoping is that if you make it off of a light novel or a manga adaptation people go i really like that and go and buy the the, the thing like there's a number but, of uh, manga i've read off of they get a season <coughs> of television and i'm like okay i need to know how this ends <laughs> Yeah. And to be honest with you, this is something that is on my wish list as a Christmas gift. So, um, I, I want—I actually want the light novels. So, are they available on Bookwalker? Let me check. Now, and in contrast, Walker. while you're looking that up, in contrast, in the states, a uh, a movie or or a um, like a, a cartoon series, like we, there was a really excellent one called Young Justice that was on. And it got canceled. Uh, and the reason it was canceled was because it didn't drive toy sales enough. And that, that seems to be the, the standard over here for animation is if it doesn't drive toy sales, then, uh, it's time for it to go away. And you guys used to watch Transformers. So, uh, I did watch Transformers as a kid and, um, that was, you tell me that that wasn't a 30 minute long commercial for toys. Uh, I mean, it was <laughs> specifically, they brought in, they brought in rules about advertising, about kids shows not being allowed to be advertising of toys later on so that they had to be more, uh, what's the word covert about it. Yeah. And, and not that I didn't enjoy Transformers. Um, but it was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was just to introduce the new, <laughs> the new five toys. That so, so the first two light novels are available on Bookwalker digitally for about eight dollars. Uh, no, I, I don't do digital. If I'm gonna have a book, I I have a book. I don't know if you can actually <laughs> or a television, buy... which is entirely digital. <laughs> yes, or <Well>, television. <laughs> well, the problem is the problem is like. They don't tend to 
translate light novels in a way that they're phys- you're able to physically buy them in English in a lot of cases. But no, I know. But digitally, Bookwalker usually is quite good for translating things that seem popular. Um, would it would those light novels possible possibly be on uh, the Kindle platform, like for Amazon? They're uh, not available I, as Kindle. I've checked already. Okay. Uh, I I don't know, but Bookwalker does has its own reader as part of the service. So you download their app, oh, I see. and then you can buy stuff to read in their thing. Yeah, the thing is, I just want it to put on a bookshelf because it looks nice. Mm-hmm. Why why can't they make it in English? <laughs> well, that's um, I think oh, that um, I, I think we tore this apart the, pretty well. Yeah, did we talk about the last story arc, really, Shoko? Uh, I mean... We kind of touched upon it, but we were talking about Kaidi at the end, weren't we? I mean, Kaidi is the last story arc, right? Right. Uh, I suppose Shoko is just a part of it, isn't she? Uh, Shoko is the movie story arc. Mm. That's the... the Rascal Does Not Dream of Dreaming Girl is is about Shoko, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it was nice that they brought her in because there was quite a lot to it, even in even in the bits that you saw with the jealousy and that side of things. Also, with her being a small child and then and I, I, then the same age as them at different points in the series in the episode order. Yeah, that threw me. That did to begin with, but then you remember that they are going back and forwards in time at some at certain points during the last story arc. So. I'll have to watch the movie. I will have mm-hmm. to watch the movie. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll put that in my queue list also. I've got quite um, a few other things to take care of, but um, I, I'm interested enough to, to take it in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And hopefully, um, so I'm team a- my, put it's it that way. Anime Club next week, <laughs> so uh, hopefully we'll have all four of us back together. Mm-hmm. Hopefully some people from the... Our, some people from the greater anime chat will turn up for depending on like Matoko is pretty good for turning up at normal anime hours near the end of it anyway I, I think he just turns up whenever he feels like it doesn't he <laughs> I mean does have a cat as their avatar so you know <laughs> to be fair Matoko should come on to this and, and actually talk about because of a lot of the shows that we've watched he's already read the mangas Oh, oh. That that is my greatest failing. That I always like find something I'm really interested in, then go and find the manga, read way far ahead, and then get really depressed that the anime is not going to catch up for like six years. <laughs> if it get if it catches up at all, the amount I'm of cur- animes that end after one season. I'm currently that way with uh, My Hero Academia and Haikyuu, where I'm just like, I've read all the way to where this finishes. Why aren't we at the good parts yet? Oh. <laughs> I'm, I've given up with Haiku eventually with the series. So Obviously, good. I haven't read the book. I I really loved it, but then I realised that they were just repeating the same series five times. Nothing much changed, and I was like, eh, I give up. Loads of stuff changes, but I'll like the final arc. They are professional <laughs> volleyball players. Is that in the manga, by the way? I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, and. In the final arc of the manga, you are professional volleyball players and at the Olympics. I was going to say because so, the series that the series I gave up halfway through season four. Sure, but 
But um, because it did feel a little bit samey, it was getting to the point where I was just watching the same thing again and again. It's a sports show. They're going to do training arc, tournament arc. That's how the the substance of everything moves forward. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I just get bored by the end of them. Get bored by sports. It's fine. We understand. (laughs) I love sport. I really do. (laughs) Just sports animation. (laughs) Trying to get a bit bored at the end. Towards the end. (laughs) <laughs> well guys are we happy to close out here then i'm happy enough just bow anything else on rascal no i just that everyone should really watch it it's an amazing show yep. i'm so happy to have watched it yep. i'm gonna watch it again this week yeah as i said <laughs> um definitely a surprise for me so um a pleasant one and um so anime club next week and we'll be talking about the first three episodes of cowboy bebop uh no spoilers and um (laughs) this one this one should be fun so guys i appreciate you taking the time i'm gonna i think i might skip the next one a fear of lynching all right well you guys take care and we'll talk to y'all later I will okay. just quickly. I will try and watch it in English before before I make my final um, comments on it. You should. It might be different. The it redub be is better. better in See you guys later. Bye. See you later. Bye.